WTEL podcasts are powered by Stanley Steamer Air Duct Cleaning, Delaware's clean air experts. Call 1-800-STEAMER. Well, this is in the realm of the scary. For those of us who are parents, kids of a certain age, the Momo Suicide Challenge. Are your children playing it? How does it work? Clinical forensic psychologist Dr. John Huber, chair mainstream mental health, professor, Texas State University. Uh, professor Huber, we've talked about a lot of dire things. This seems worse than uh, some or a lot of them. What is this exactly explain well you may remember you know the the ice bucket challenge where people were challenged to dump ice on themselves and videotape it and then you know challenge somebody else and if you don't want to they used it actually to raise money for for um i believe it's mls uh, and then they turned around and they started doing the the cinnamon challenge where ta- people take a tablespoon of cinnamon and try to swallow it without choking on it. And, of course, that actually, you can get cinnamon in your lungs, cause scar tissue on your lungs, and cause some permanent damage. This challenge is a little bit more clandestine. It, it's targeted to little kids and teenagers, and it goes on and it steals information off your phone so it knows, like, what what sites you go to when you go on searches and what what apps you're using and it it threatens you it basically says i need you to go and videotape yourself uh you know standing up in a theater and calling somebody's name out or something like that or we're going to tell the world what you're doing and it continually escalates the challenge till they're actually committing real self-harm not just humiliation or embarrassment uh to the point where one of the challenges is you're supposed to get a ladder climb up on your house and jump off the roof and uh, ultimately we know uh, that three children 12 14 and 16 have died from this and uh, it's bizarre how it goes about in fact they've recently embedded themselves in a video game called minecraft and uh, microsoft who owns minecraft jumped in about three weeks ago and and went through and and tried to you know, pull it out of that software, but there's millions upon millions of kids playing that, and it's very, very serious. I mean, they had the similar thing happen earlier at the beginning of the year in Russia with a, another challenge called the Blue Well Challenge, and my Russian's not very good, so I don't know exactly what they're doing, but they lost 160 kids to suicide in that. So, so you have basically an invasion of privacy as a wedge, and it escalates. Ex- exactly. That's exactly what they're doing. Now, how do you as a parent uh, get the tell tail signs because obviously the kid might not want to show the parents what he or she is doing. <laughs> exactly. And first of all, you should find out if they have this program called WhatsApp. It's, it is an app itself. And I wouldn't allow your children to be on WhatsApp. Uh, WhatsApp is not based out of the U.S., so there's no regulatory issues we can do with it. The other thing I would do is get a program such as Bark or Semantic. You know, the antivirus for your computer has a program, and most of you, if you buy the, the Semantic antivirus, you get a program that you can put on your kids' phones, and it monitors everything for you. They, they are actively watching for things like this, and they'll alert you if your kids are doing something like that because there's no way we can stay on top of everything because, you know, we go to work. We don't sit and play on our phones all yeah, day. Yeah, and there's always been this worry about invasion of privacy and all, but in this day and age, how can you avoid it? And I can see a grandparent listening saying, thank God I was bringing up my kids yesteryear, <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> well, I'm glad I was raised in a different era. Yeah. Man, it's tough. I watch my kids all the time, and, and they talk to me about situations like that. And, and they brought to me kids that are threatening suicide online, and we've, we've actually had to take action uh, probably on about eight or nine kids over the last uh, 10 or 12 years. But, but is, is the uh, main incentive or threat... Uh, being exposed by the person as your personal info, or is it uh, that, that there's a certain pleasure, almost like risking uh, yourself on, on a ride at an amusement park? Well, that's the double-sided coin here, because they, they start off relatively benign challenges that are kind of exciting and adrenaline you know, boosting. So it gets a reinforcement, but they continue to escalate their challenges, and they escalate the information that they think they they say they have against you and they they take leaps and bounds they're oh you're on snapchat so maybe there's a chance you you've taken inappropriate pictures or something like that and so they challenge you and then say they're going to tell everybody what you've done and and make that assumption so uh it's it's really um i think it's evil the people who put this together uh it's very disturbing because they're playing on kids who don't have the developmental capacity to say you know it's i'd much rather have somebody think i i sent a picture of myself in my underwear than to go and hurt myself to your knowledge has anyone been arrested for this nobody has been wow uh, it's again it's that international access you know we, we can't get to them all right now since you're the psychologist and you're in the deep south the bible belt although admittedly i know austin is more secular liberal dare i ask yes. you i mean you know kids of a certain generation might have been brought up that suicide is a grievous sin and that uh, even if you feel down or even if you uh, feel no one is on your side that that's the worst thing you could ever do does that ever enter the modern psychological calculus of a youngster growing up today or have we thrown out the baby with the bathwater? I think we throw out the baby with the bathwater. Right now we have the millennial generation is one in five is contemplating or attempting suicide. And of those, one in four actually are successful. And that's the highest rate of any previous generation. So I think I think you're right. We found the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe we replaced uh, being too judgmental and being uh, too overly uh, judging and, and all with uh, where there's none of that. There's no evil, and uh, uh, that just doesn't get instilled. I, there has to be a happy medium somewhere. Well, there has to be, and we have to go back to letting our kids challenge themselves and fail, and then as parents we have to come in and teach them how to learn from that failure instead of protecting them from failure. Yeah. And that's that's a big step. That's, actually, I see now with the younger, the elementary and middle school kids, the parents are letting their kids face adversity. And, hey, you don't want to do your homework? Okay, you're going to fail this class. And then they teach the kids, look, you know, the world has demands. We have to meet them. And, they're, you know, it's, it's survival of the fittest. And it's kind of refreshing, actually. Since you mentioned homework, is there anything that uh, teachers can do? I mean, are there any evidence that teachers, educators, others are more apt to notice that someone might be on this uh, vicious circle uh, before the parents do? Well, I, I first saw this in June, and I immediately, like, sent it out to all the teachers and administrators I knew uh, because I used to be a school psychologist, so I still have some people that are actively working in that field. And one of the things that it's kind of an advantage and a disadvantage for teachers is that they get to see the whole mass of students 
And unfortunately, a lot of them are acting this way now. But uh, it used to be we could see the one person or two or three people who are different than everybody else. And unfortunately, the social media thing has kind of moved it into a big mass of mm. people who are exhibiting some of the same flags. So they're having to be more more open to listening to what the kids are talking about, listening about the apps that they're on. And it's actually become more of a challenge for our teachers. And the counselors are having to step in at the schools. And wow. I think it's it's a good thing. Wow, between uh, everything else in society. Uh, what a difficult world. All right, John, thank you, sir. Thank you, Al. Have a great day. You too. Clinical forensic psychologist Dr. John Huber, chair of mainstream mental health professor, Texas State Life from Austin.